this fucking Google, Julie. Why wouldn't a search be included? That's what makes us a great duo. Yes. One of us listens, one of us doesn't. Exactly. (laughs) Sometimes scary, but always fun. (laughs) Yeah, you're never sure if you should take your hands off and put them up in the air or hang on tight. Uh, Read my fucking headline, Bozo the Clown. I'm already a best-selling author. All right, and welcome back to Defeat the Chaos, everybody. This show is about the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur, and whether you're looking for direction on how to be a more successful entrepreneur or you're just looking to share in the struggle, this is the show for you. We don't have any guests this week. It's just me and Julie talking through some business lessons, and with so many people out there uh, just being you know, concerned about the uh, recession and um, you know, just unsure of what to do with uh, their business or their personal lives or whatever. We're going to tell you why laying it all on the line, why betting on yourself is, is the best thing to do right now. Um, We're big uh, into risk here and we think that everybody else should be as well. So if you're already your own boss, uh, we're going to tell you why you need to be bold. Um, we are unlikely to apologize for what we say. This sounds terrible. It's totally scripted. I'm just kind of going through it. You, and you're doing a terrible job with I it. Know. I know. It's like it, you it, didn't read it beforehand. It's like but, I know first... you, but I know you did because you corrected me on my grammar. I know. <laughs> I read that one and I was like, ah, I'm done. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't read this. Yeah. This so morning. today's episode is called Julian Corrier Unlikely to Apologize. And Corey is unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> well, OK. So how are you okay, doing, though. Julie? How are you doing? I am good. I am good. I am looking forward to the big Fourth of July holiday coming up on Monday. You know, we got some fireworks and we're going to, you know, have some nice beverages and barbecue and whatnot. So I'm looking forward to a day off and you know fourth of july is it's my favorite holiday yeah i am also looking forward to the day off um to be nice to I, get um you know just some time where i don't really i mean i still have to go in and do some stuff uh at cabo in the morning but uh, aside from that it's a it's day off we're closed and um yeah it's gonna just be nice to not really have to deal with anybody other than you. Yes. That'll be very nice. Yes. Be nice for me too. I get all of your attention. Yeah. That's (laughs) you just rolled your eyes. And you know, that's how I said deal with (laughs) deal Um, with anybody, but you that's hurtful Corey. Um, (laughs) yeah, but man, so I, uh, this past weekend, yeah, it was this past weekend. Um, realized that in the six weeks, eight weeks that we have been open, I bought it. I had a new, new newish pair of shoes, um, but I have already worn my shoes out and, <laughs> um, I, like, it was one of those things where I'm like standing around in, in the kitchen, waiting for some food to run some food or something like that. And I just all of a sudden realized that my feet and my legs and like everything, like in my lower body is just sore and it just, it out of nowhere, I just, I just realized it. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, oh. I've already worn out these pair of shoes and, you know, I don't know how many hundreds of miles I've walked in the past couple of weeks, uh, just inside this 4,100 square feet restaurant. Um, but I've worn the shoes out. And then that just got me thinking about how many business owners out there, how many, you know, many of our, our listeners out there, like you, you need to stop and assess what's going on in your life, in your business, because a lot of the times you just get, 
accustomed to the pain. You get accustomed to what's going on and you don't realize everything that's happening that you can fix. And for me, in this one scenario, I just hopped on the internet real quick and ordered a pair of shoes, which arrived tomorrow. I'm very excited about. Um, and it's as simple as that. It cost me 120 bucks and uh, they'll last me another two months. Um, but for for business owners out there, you just need to, to stop and assess things because there, there's a good chance that things aren't going as well as they are, but you're just dealing with it because that's what you're used to. You're just used to the pain. You're used to the chaos. You're used to everything. But if you stop and really think about what it is that that you're doing and what you can fix to make your life better, it's just amazing how quickly you can you can improve upon your business. I, yeah, I think a, that's a really good analogy because there are a lot of times where we get used to the pain or we just think it's supposed to be like that. Right. So I hear people talk about this in, in I think about you think about our, our bodies, right. And as we get older where, you know, I, I, you know, me well enough to say, first off, I'll never say the words I'm old. Like, I don't, I'm not saying that shit. Um, Cause I'm not inviting that into my life, but also like, there's so many people that just tend to think that like these aches and pains are normal that we're supposed to have them. Right. And I think we, we think that, Yes, owning a business or being an entrepreneur is hard, but it doesn't have to be harder because we're just tolerating these small little, you know, painful things inside of our business or we're doing things the hard way because it's just the way that we've always done them. Like taking the time to look at something and figure out how to how to improve it is can add significant value to your business and give free up more time in your day. So I will say why I have a question. Why didn't you order two pairs of shoes? <laughs> well, that is a fantastic question. And I just, I was like, I need a new pair of shoes. So I bought a pair of shoes and uh, that's the hoarder in me coming out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not going to throw away these pairs of shoes. Oh, I, of course you're not going <laughs> to. I would fully expect that um, even though you'll have the new ones on tomorrow, that on Monday you'll be wearing those ones because we'll be trotting around the yard and stuff. So. I don't, I don't do anything at my house or my yard anymore. So no, I mean like, oh, like oh, burning stuff. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. These would get downgraded to the yard shoes. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Cause you don't own a pair of Crocs. Why would I? <laughs> I don't know why anyone does, but yes, you know, I, I don't get it either. Um, but the, yeah, I had this one professor, um, when I was, uh, getting my master's. Wait, you have a master's? Yes, I, I love to uh, tell Julie that as often as I can. Um, and Do, is there, are you glad you got that master's? Are you glad you spent that like what? 60,000 on it. Um, how has that benefited you? It hasn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, especially because, uh, I got it when I was still in in the corporate world and in, in the nine to five life and mm -hmm. decided I was like, oh, if I wanna if I wanna get an edge, if I wanna try and improve myself and make myself more valuable to to big companies or, or whatever, uh I an MBA is gonna help. And then probably about six months into my MBA, I realized that I wanted to go back into restaurants. And I was like, cool. <laughs> This was a waste of fucking money, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I met some good people there. I, th I think for for me, the networking was the most um, valuable part of of that experience was just the people that I got to meet. 
Yeah, um, that makes sense. And in general, I think networking is probably the the best output of most things that yeah. we do. And and my finance, the finance part of it, helpful. I don't know. Now I feel like you're just rubbing it in my face. Well, no, I'm just saying that uh, the I enjoyed the finance part of it and meeting people. Okay, but you were telling a story. I don't even know what it was. Uh, I don't either. But <laughs> Crocs, we were talking. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. A so, professor. Yeah, one of the professors, he's kind of a douche. And I'll tell you why. Aside from the fact that in general, he was just kind of a douche. He wore Crocs every day. He wore, you know, shirt and tie, slacks and Crocs. I don't understand it. Like I get it when like small children wear them because it's easy to slip on and off. Right. I get it. Mm -hmm. But like adults and maybe I could get down with like nurses and people in dental offices. Right. You're on your feet and they're supposed to be really good for you all the time. But I I just I don't I don't I don't know. I don't I don't get it. Yeah. They're they're big in kitchens. uh, Yes. Yes. They are really big in kitchens. And and from a utility standpoint, it makes sense because you can also just take them off and run them through the dishwasher and. Oh, okay. Now you, now your, now your, your shoes are clean. Um, I <laughs> prefer, I prefer a, a decent pair of running shoes. I got another pair of Sockneys coming. Um, that uh, they they work out well because uh, this was years ago. I, I walked into the store to buy some shoes, and mm-hmm. this is back in the day when customer service was still a thing in shoe stores. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "What are you looking for?" I was like, "Well, basically, I want to. I'm looking for something where I'm gonna like." run a half marathon every day. And they're like, wait, you're going to run a half marathon every day. I'm like, well, no, but I'm like, I'm going to be walking the equivalent of it every day, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, Cause I mean, I'm, I'm walking over 10 miles a day just inside of Cabo. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So that, that was like, and it's on hard concrete floors. So I was like, just what, if I were going to run a half marathon every day, what would be the best shoe? And they're like, these are I'm like, perfect. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I got. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's talk about, um, let's, let's get, let's dive into things that we're unlikely to apologize for. Okay. Cause I really, I enjoy this topic. We wrote an article on it this week and we're just, now we're kind of doing the verbal version of that. Yeah. Right. I, I don't like to apologize period. <laughs> don't I yes. know it. Um, Don't I know? I like to say that that's part of your charm yeah. and it adds to the, you know, it adds to your allure. It's what, you know. Yeah. I just try not to apologize for anything. Um, and this was actually something that you did a while ago and you tried it. I, don't know, I think it was just one of the, one of those fads that you have like using parentheses or ellipses or whatever, but you, like, this was something you were actively trying to do for, I think it, it was a goal for like a week straight. You're like, I'm not going to use the word. Sorry. Oh, I don't like, I hate the word. Sorry. I try not to use you it. You use it way too much. I, I feel like I've gotten better at it. Maybe. I don't know. I try. I, so I will say I apologize. I don't like to say I'm sorry. And not because I don't feel bad, but because I just think I'm sorry is such has such a negative connotation about what we're saying about ourselves, if that makes sense. So I don't mind. I'll apologize. But I also I don't I'm not really I don't I, I don't want to apologize just for me, for the way that I am. Right. Like if you don't like it, like fuck off. I don't care. Um, I, well, I, and I, you know, I, I don't I don't. And I'm trying to get better about that. But sometimes it's hard because the uh, the world kind of squishes you into situations where you're like, oh, 
Let me just apologize and get that over. I'm like, or just earlier this week, I apologized for something that I absolutely was not sorry for, but it was the right thing to do. And I, you know, had a miscommunication with somebody and they, um, like jumped my shit because I literally asked a question and I probably asked it in an aggressive tone, but I was like, I'm not, it was over a zoom call and I wasn't looking at the same screen. I had something else pulled up on my laptop and they're saying it's right here. And I, I don't know if you know this, but like when you're on like a zoom call and you're sharing your screen or something, I don't know what you're fucking pointing at. So I literally said, I don't know what you're pointing at. I'm not in the same room as you. So like what you got, what are you talking about? And the person got really mad and like jumped all over me and I got to, you know, work closely with this person every day. And so I finally, yesterday I said, Hey, look, I just wanted to address Monday. I want to apologize if I came across as being aggressive. I said, here's what happened. Like, I didn't know what you were looking at because I wasn't looking at the same screens. I kind of explained it. And I said, but regardless, like you took what I said very personally, you thought I was attacking you. So I want to apologize for that because that was not my intent. Because I, I like it's now it was super awkward for two days and I didn't want to be awkward anymore. So I'm like, I'll apologize. I wasn't my fault. It was a miscommunication. This person didn't say, oh, well, I thank you. And, you know, I apologize for making an assumption. You know, we try to have the rule assume good and in, good intent between you and I. Sure. Right. And, you know, we don't. Unless it's written, in which case we always take the most negative intent possible. We used to. I think we're better at it I now. It's been a while. Yeah. It's, I don't. It's been a while that we've had like a conversation via comments in like a Google Doc. Uh, you, It has, but it, you know, it sometimes can happen even over text, right? Yeah, but it, it regardless. So listen, here's one of the things that I think is the most interesting topic around um, the country right now, and that's basically opinions. <laughs> right. Yes. So it's really we're we're in a weird place right now where a lot of people don't feel comfortable expressing how they truly feel about something because. Everything is about feelings now. Yes, truth. Everything. Well, not even necessarily truth. Logic has been thrown out the window. It's only about how I feel, and it doesn't really matter what the actual facts are. Yeah, facts. Because facts don't come into play anymore. No, feelings over facts. Um, and and it's just I don't know. Like it, it's so frustrating because for somebody like myself who is very logic driven very numbers based trying to explain to somebody we're like yeah but i feel like that's incorrect and i'm like i don't care what you feel these are the actual numbers that we're looking at and when it comes to let's say business decisions you should consider your your i'm going to say quote unquote feelings because uh, those feelings are a gut instinct for example and you, and that gut instinct is built it, it comes from years of experience. And so while the numbers might be telling you one thing, your gut instinct could be telling you something different and it could be correct because you have, you have information that the numbers don't. Yeah. So it, here's a, like a really good way to validate that. Just an example of that. So um, I was compiling for Cabo 
review data, right? And before I started to pull everything together, I read every review that comes in for your restaurant. And I felt like there was an overwhelming number of like negative comments about one particular thing, about flavor of side dishes, right? And I thought that it to me, it felt like every review was saying it. And then I literally went line by line, every review pulled out like, and, and like basically accounted for the types of comments in the different categories. And it turned out it was a very small amount that were actually saying things about it. But for some reason in my head, it was sticking out. And until I compiled all of the data and looked at it very analytically, rather than just reading it from an emotional standpoint, I, I would have said, Corey, you got to do something about the side dishes. But after looking at it, I'm like, actually, there's not that many people that are saying something about that. Right. Yes. And there are also as many, if not more positive comments about it. But I, for whatever reason, my emotions or my feelings were getting in the way of what the actual data was. So I had to go back and look at it and it didn't, my, and I had to rule out feelings and opinion and just look at the data. It's one of those things that it's always fun to watch people, especially if you're let's let's talk about football, because uh, we're stuck in the worst sports season of the year. We're in the valley of despair right now. We really are. Um, But when you're watching football with somebody and if they're a diehard fan of a team and (laughs) a a bad call happens and then like another bad call happens, like, oh, my God, these fucking refs, like all they do is like. Yeah, but how many good calls? How many correct calls did they make? How many times did something happen that that wasn't, you know, the ref's fault? And but you always dwell on the negative. It's yeah. so much easier to dwell on the negative rather than to celebrate the positive, so to speak. Yeah. 100% it is, but I don't what, what's weird is I don't consider myself to be like a a negative or an overly pessimistic person. So I was a little surprised that that data stuck out to me like the way that it did because it was really incorrect but you know i also like try to and now i just totally lost my train of thought i don't even know what happened i don't even know what i was that's fine well because i've got a comment before we go to break here that um it regardless of what the actual data says the fact that you like because you read the reviews and if somebody is out there a customer and they're out there reading reviews they might get that same feeling and and so that's that's still good feedback, even though the data like the data is incorrect or what the what you assumed the data b- would be is incorrect. The impression that is is coming across the like two potential customers is the same or could be the same that they think that, oh, well, God, there's so many negative like, comments yeah. about their side. So, you know, and we had that discussion and, and well aware of. Uh, some of the things that we need to be improve upon, but um, we need to take a quick break, uh, play some commercials, and we'll be right back to continue talking about uh, not apologizing. Hey, everybody, it's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because 
risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. All right, welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. What are we diving into now, Corey? Well, uh, we can continue the topic of uh, how we're unlikely to apologize, but I think everybody's uh, now well aware of that. I'm not going to say sorry ever, uh, period. But uh, you, you do, uh, eat, eat, for the record, when you are very wrong, you do say it. Yes. And when I'm at. Uh, Cabo, for example, I do have to apologize for a lot of shit to customers, to customers. And the only times that I will ever say sorry is when we definitely fucked up when it's our fault. But like, if somebody doesn't like something or, you know, then it's not because it's bad. It's just like, ah, oh, this isn't what I was expecting or whatever. It's just like, oh, you know, figure out a way to, you know, to basically like, Let's get that fixed. Yeah. I'm not going to apologize that you, you know, you, you read that there were mushrooms on this salad and you got mushrooms and you're unhappy that there's mushrooms on there. Be like, cool, we can just right. go make you a new salad without mushrooms on it. <laughs> so um, last June, like a year ago, when I was in Whitefish, Montana for a um, conference, a group of us went out to a, a Mexican restaurant for dinner. And you know, I can't really handle spicy, right? So I was with um, what I knew a lot of people there, but I had specifically traveled to this conference with a friend, um, with my friend Chrissy. And um, we, right before we went out to dinner that night, because we had to, you know, we had to 
spend some time with some people that we don't really, really enjoy their company very much. So we both got super fucking high, right? Like I had like, I took normally like my tolerance for like an edible is like a quarter of an edible. And then I'm like, that's just gets me nice and mellow. I took the whole thing. I like quadruple dosed myself for what I normally would take. And we're at dinner and I ordered and I happened to order the spiciest thing on the menu. And when the food came and I took a bite of it, like I literally, like my eyes started watering. And when our server came over, I asked him if I could exchange my meal for something different. And he was like, exchange your meal. He's like, and Chrissy was laughing at me so hard. Cause it was like, yeah, this is, this is really spicy. I accidentally ordered spicy. And he was like, uh, exchange your meal. And I'm like, yeah. And I mean, they, he's like, let me, let me get the manager. <laughs> Cause Chrissy's like, I don't think you can exchange food, Julie, but I, uh, ex- you know, they did let me place a new order. And, um, but he did also tell me like, there was like spicy meat in it. And he's like, we're not putting that in there for you. Cause we're not going to exchange another meal for you. <laughs> So my lesson learned was don't get high before you go to dinner and don't quadruple dose. Sure. And read, read the menu description. Yeah. Well, you would have thought like the four peppers by it would have. There's that too, but uh, in customer service in general, you need to realize that you're dealing with idiots. I was just going to say that idiots. Okay. So why should entrepreneurs be making big moves right now? Why do you need to make big moves? So the there's a number of reasons. First and foremost, it's uh, you need to you you need to tighten the belt where you you can. It, it, like this doesn't the recession and and inflation and all of that stuff right right now. Yes, you you need to be paying attention to the bottom line. You need to make sure that you can stay in business. And we're not suggesting that you go out there and just start spending left and right on everything that you can. But there are, there's a number of reasons why you can continue to improve your business right now. And and first and foremost, with, with a recession, with a drop in revenue, with things just slowing down in your business, you now have time to improve upon the things that you didn't have time for. It's the same reason why for like during the the pandemic, there were a lot of people who pulled ahead and a lot of people who didn't because some people went and sat on their ass and watched Netflix and others were took 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 advantage of the free time that they now had to say, okay, cool. What can I fix in my business that I haven't had time to fix before? Mm-hmm. Or like if you think about it in history, like some of the biggest companies in the world, the most profitable companies were started during really difficult times, right? Like I think wasn't, didn't Uber and Airbnb both start in like 2008 when we were in like a financial crisis? Yeah. Yeah. So it's as, you know, money becomes tighter for a lot of people, then, you know, being able to, if you've got the capital, if you have the assets to do it, it makes sense to, go bold and go big to make these moves that are going to pay off. Now, obviously you, you, you want to look at the, you know, do a risk calculation, but it, I really think it, you know, if you've got a new product that you want to come out with, or you're going to start offering a new service, you want to raise your prices, some like, those are the types of moves that it's, it seems contrary, contrary to like logic, but it now's the time to actually do them. And the the tough part is that 
you might not have the capital. And in any recession like the one we're heading into right now, the people who have money always come out on top because mm-hmm. everything's cheaper, everything's available. People are trying to sell mm-hmm. what they have in order to cover their expenses. But in but this is the time to start buying things. I mean, I I this is a news article I read, and it's not you know we're we're not in the news section, obviously, but something that was talking about how uh, the, because the crypto markets are down and like significantly, mm-hmm. I've lost a ton of value in my portfolio, but I don't need the money right now. So I'm just going to hold on to it. But for, if I had extra cash right now, which I don't, unfortunately, I would be buying crypto because it is so cheap right now and it will go back up. It might, it might be a year, before you, but I mean, I can see that doubling in value on, especially on some of these coins. Uh, and so now's the time for you to, to, if you can make some investments in things that are cheap because it's, we will bounce back from this. Right. We always bounce back from things and, and that, and you're right that having the capital to make moves is key, but there's a, there, you know, um, a number of, you know, you're, we're going to see businesses start to fail, start to go under, right? So um, if you've got the capital to purchase a business, like a lot of times, if you even think about this, right? Um, like this is a, kind of a, a cool, smart move to make. If there's somebody who's in, you know, has a similar customer base as you, let's say you're like an online, online business or something, and they have a similar customer base to you and they're you know, they're about to like, they're, they're, they're shutting their doors. Like you can make an offer to them, like literally for, you know, you know, $2,500, $3,500 to buy like their email list. Right now you've got, depending on how many people are on that list, you've got, you know, thousands of names that are warm leads that have given over their information that are actually your ideal customer that you can now start marketing to. And, and making, making moves inside of your business and figuring out, I mean, right now, like, honestly, we just, you know, have now by the end of, you know, by mid July, we'll have three people on payroll, right? That's for, for SB Pace and Strativium. That's, that's new for us. And honestly, like we're doing it at a time when, you know, the, the market is getting tougher and tougher and tougher, but business is growing and, and it's a, it's the right move for us to make. It's a little bit scary. Cause I'm like, we got now, we, now we're, now we're responsible for people's families, but it's the right move and it makes sense for us. And when we come out of this recession, as the economy starts to improve, as everything starts trending back up, we will be in a better position to take advantage of all of those new opportunities that are going to come out. So positioning yourself now, and it may not, because I'm trying to think of ways that you can do some of the stuff that we're doing without a significant capital investment, but uh, the, 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 you want to set yourself up so that you can, you can take advantage of those opportunities when things start getting better. So you're ahead of the game. You're ahead of your competitors. You, you have it. And, and, and I mean, the only thing I can think of right now, and it still costs money, but employees, training your employees, training your staff, finding the right people, getting people the, the, the knowledge that they need to do their job better so that when you get busier, when the economy does come back, 
you can you can hit the ground running because you're already running. Yeah, um, we that's that's an um, a great point, and it kind of rem- it reminds me of a conversation that I literally just had last night um, with our team on you know deliverables and the quality of work that we do. So Corey, for the longest time, it was just you and I that would do anything that was client facing, right? Nobody, even when we had, you know, initially we had Nicole helping us with social media and and sure she was doing, you know, she's writing content for us on social. She's not doing deliverable work. And Francis has been with us for well over a year and Stacy has been with us for a year, but um, they're not really doing deliverable work. Stacy does on social media, but now they're, they're writing actual strategies for, for clients. And so last night I, we had a very lengthy conversation about the quality of work that we do and what's acceptable and what's not. And like we're our standards on, on work are not going to go down. Yours are going to have to raise up because our rise up, raise up. I, I would have to look that. They're going to have to get better. Yeah. Improve. <laughs> They're going to improve because I want our clients to always be blown away by the work that we do. So, and that means if you're doing client facing work, you, you better bring your fucking a game because that matters to us. So training our team to deliver in the right way to have the best service. Those are small things. And that doesn't cost us anything to have the train, the team trained. Well, it it doesn't. And the, the only cost there is the team. But aside from that, again, with the time, with the, we're all busy, so it's not like we have time, but we want to be able to, we want to be able to deliver everything that we, you know, the quality and the the content that is acceptable for, you know, ourselves, but we also want to be able to do that when we get really busy. Right. I actually have a couple of good um, examples um, or an example and a question that actually relate to Cabo for this particular thing, right? So um, at, as the we get deeper into, are we already in the recession or is the recession coming? I think we're at the head. Okay. Okay. So as this, you know, as we move further and further into this recession, we know that you know, people are going to, you know, start hol- holding on tighter and tighter to their money. And they're probably less likely they're going to go out to eat less frequently. Right. So that means that you have to really, really stand out and capture people. So one of the things that um, you just like a decision was made on yesterday, you pulled the trigger on was um, and I know you I know you didn't want to. You weren't thrilled about it, but you're like, okay, this is the right move to make was bringing in a really good food photographer so that we can show and convey very well over social media and across Google and Yelp and the other platforms, how delicious and appetizing and appealing the food at Cabo is, right? So through the images that we'll have, this will help. But the other thing, so that that's one of the things that you did, made an investment there to do that, um, which I strongly believe will be rewarded very well. The other thing is, like, what are the things, this is a question for you. What are the things that you're doing or that you can do? And maybe you haven't started to do it yet inside of the restaurant to like really guarantee or to help make people make the decision of I'm only going to go out to eat 
twice a month now. And one of those times at least is going to be at Cabo because I love Cabo because they do X, Y, or Z, or they have ABC, whatever. Yeah. And you, I mean, you made a, just the, the premise of this question is great for everybody out there and that people, people still want to spend money. They don't want to sit at home. They don't want to do things for themselves. They don't want to sew their own clothes or <laughs> uh, cobble their own shoes. Um, but <laughs> that, so that they want they want to spend their money and you need to figure out what it is that you can do to like you don't want to be uh bland you don't want to be middle of the road you want to stick out in a way so people are happy to spend their money with you and not your competitors and and for for me for cabo the the biggest the easiest thing the cheapest thing is training is taking that time to sit down with my front of the house staff, like, and not sit down, have a, have a, a stand up before every shift and say, here's the things that I want you to focus on. Cause normally if, and when we have standups, which we like, that's something that we wanted to do. And then it kind of, you know, fell off because everything gets busy. And, and in terms of continuous improvement, which we have a, a podcast coming up about that soon, but um, it's easy to forget about the things that you just improved upon and because you're focusing somewhere else, but it's just, all right, so this is what we're going to do every day, get everybody in the routine. And here are the things that I want you to focus on today. And, you know, with the servers, uh, when you're ta talking to customers and we're pushing this today, there's a competition for this, the first person to get this, you know, whatever, uh, just, it's, it's easy to do. It costs me nothing other than occasionally on the contests, it'll be whoever does the best gets a free meal. Um, outside of that, it's cheap, it's easy, and and it's it's going to help us provide better customer service because in the restaurant industry, that's the only real thing that you can that the intangibles are the only things that you can control that set you apart because every it, there's nothing stopping somebody from copying our menu. No, uh, but if we can outperform in the intangibles, then we can outperform the other businesses. Excellent. So um, great answer. We are going to go to break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about gambling news stories. And I have a feeling you're going to mansplain a couple of things to me. Well, I know you are because. Because you, you make me mansplain things to you. Right on. Yes. Exactly. I don't make you do anything. Yes, Corey. you do. <laughs> All right. We will, uh, we'll be right back. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Hey everybody, it's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses 
and there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live, so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos, everybody. We are on the tail end of our show, and we are going to get into gambling picks, news stories, and apparently I'm going to mansplain something to Julie. So first, Mm -hmm. let us, uh, let's do the mansplaining first, because I don't have the sound ready for the other thing. All right, let's let's do the mansplaining. All right. Okay. What can I mansplain to you today? (laughs) Um, you can mansplain to me first off why you missed your cue that I gave you clearly on how to start mansplaining. Because I didn't think that was a good joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. All right. Here's what I need you to mansplain to me today. Uh, I'll just read this to you really quickly. The California budget adds another stimulus payment. Residents of California are poised to receive stimulus payments up to $1,050 in a move by the state legislator to offset tensions as the cost of living spikes in correlation to the nation's record inflation. All right. So we're going to address the bud- the inflation issue by inflating inflating the economy so yes how here's my question how does this fix inflation and doesn't this plan effectively make inflation worse in the state like what's next a 2200 payment it's yeah no the uh, it's the equivalent of of the bread and and circus or whatever it was in the the roman times when people were unhappy the emperor would just have an event at the Coliseum and give away a bunch of free food and drinks and just to keep the people happy. And this is, that's exactly what it is. And it, it, it makes sense to a degree because as we said on the previous segment of the show, people are idiots (laughs) and I could 
let's say like, I mean, cause it's going to, it'll cost however many, you know, millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to, to make these payments out to everybody in the state of California. Mm-hmm. I can tell you exactly how much money they set aside for it. 1.2 billion. Um, they have set aside, um, uh, I guess I can't tell. Okay. Oh, 17 billion. Oh, wow. Even higher. But anyway, so instead of, so they're, they're going to pay out $17 billion, mm-hmm. but the correct way to fix the problem, in my opinion, would be to, let's say gas taxes, figure out what that equivalent is in taxes and reduce the tax bills because you're going to, you're either going to pay the money out or you're not going to make the money as the state of California. The correct way would be to not try and inflate the economy. It would be to help people with their existing incomes and existing costs help decrease their cost of living in Mm -hmm. general. Um, but that's not an easy fix and that's not how you get reelected. You get reelected by throwing money at people. You get reelected by keeping people happy despite, you know, you're just kicking the can down the road. And so that's, what's going on in California. Well, listen, if, if those idiots reelect Newsom, then they deserve to continue to get those stimulus checks and they're in the, the cost of living continues to rise. Yeah. I heard though that Newsom's eye in the white house. (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine that fucking clown running this country? Oh my God. All right. Well, let's move on. Is it now time to gamble? Have you found the sound effect? Yes, I did. (laughs) All right. Um, All right. So here's where we're sitting. You lost last week. You are now at eight and 13. You picked the avalanche to close in game five. They actually close in game six. So you were so close, Corey. I know. And I won on the money line. I took the twins against what I still am going to call the Cleveland Indians. And they actually won one nothing. So you are eight and 13. I am 18 and five. That's amazing. I know. And I'm going to make it back this summer, Julie, (laughs) because here's here's what's going to happen. Yeah. It's the worst time of the year. It is. It's baseball season. It is. There's no other real sport that you can consistently gamble on. And I, it's, it's going to be the case that somehow I'm going to make a comeback because we're stuck in this shitty S season. And the one sport I don't want to gamble on. Yeah. I'm actually probably going to do well at. All right. What are you taking today? I am going to take, I got to pull it up. Um, but I'm going to take the pirates on the money line. So the brewers are playing at the pirates and I am going to take the pirates because I'm a Pittsburgh fan. I am going back to God. You just sounded like a girl. I know. (laughs) And that's why I'm going to (laughs) win. I'm going back to the same. Well, I'm going with the twins again. The twins are also playing the Cleveland Indians again. This time they're in Cleveland, Cleveland, and I'm going to take the twins on the money line. All right. Let's get into the news then. Let's get into the news. What do you have? All right. Here's my here's my favorite story of the week. A massive brawl breaks out aboard a carnival cruise over allegations of cheating. So a massive brawl broke out um, just before 2 a.m. on Tuesday morning over allegations of cheating. An estimated 60 people were involved in the melee. Anything that uses the word melee is good with me and lasted for over an hour, exclamation point. Fox News reported that the allegations of a threesome aboard the cruise angered their significant others. And according to the New York Post, security aboard the ship called the Coast Guard to help escort the vessel to shore. Wow. I know. So the threesome, was it three people who weren't 
involved with each other. Yeah. So clearly no spouses or significant others were involved. It was just like these three people decided to no genders were revealed. So that I don't really know. Doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah. So you got three people getting it on. And there's assuming like another three people who didn't know this was going on. Yeah. And they found out and got a little. And so, and then how many people were involved in the fight? 60. 60. Six, zero. Six, zero, because three people were getting it on. Yeah. I don't, the math doesn't work, work out for me. How, uh, how did the other 54 people get involved? I don't know. The story doesn't elaborate on that, but let's just assume that they had friends and you know, sometimes people like the, you know, listen, if you're going to, if you're going to throw hands, maybe other people like to get involved. I, I guess so. <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, my story. I would, can I say one yeah, more thing sure. on that? I, I, I really had no idea cruises were that fun. I, I, I've never had a desire to go on a cruise. <laughs> Me but either. The chance of seeing a 60 person fight. Eh, I might, you might. Do you think you would have gotten involved in that? Oh, no, I would have watched though. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm yeah. like, we could have gambled on that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, so my my first news story of the day, uh, coincidentally, involves a fight as well, a large fight. Excellent. Um, so over on Sunday, um, Mariners Angels game. The only reason you should ever watch football is when the bench is clear and there's baseball. a fight. What did I call it? football? Oh uh, yeah. The only reason you should watch baseball is the like every once in a while there's a bench clearing fight. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball and, players don't really know how to fight though. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, they don't, they're not really athletes, but no. um, the, uh, the, the, the fight was between the Mariners and the angels. And I don't know, somebody threw in a bad pitch or something, but uh, cleared it cleared the benches and I want to say six people got ejected, like 14 people got fined. But the most, the, the best part about this, that the the only reason I really brought this up. So you expect, okay, some coaches might mm-hmm. get involved. Obviously mm-hmm. the players are involved. The angels translator got involved and got ejected from the game. <laughs> you know, it's bad when your translator gets. Oh ejected. no. How did, how did the people who don't speak English know what was happening in the game? After I that? don't know. <laughs> or was it the translator for the players who don't speak English? It was the translator for the players. Oh. So it was the Los Angeles angels. And I'm, I'm in just the proximity to our Southern border. I kind yeah. of assumed that maybe yeah, there's okay. some, some people sense. who don't speak that much English on the team. Um, but I mean, that could be technically any team, but regardless, like, I didn't know that a that teams had a translator and that b <laughs> they like to brawl. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That is a good. That is. I think your story might be better than mine. All right, here's my next story. The Cal. I'm going back to California again. Okay. California AG releases information on firearm owners, and it results in a breach of private personal data. Have you heard this story? Yeah, of course I did. This is insane, right? So basically, what happened is that um, the California attorney general released a trove of data on firearms in America's most populous state to the public on Monday. And what he said was an effort to improve transparency on the fraught topic. The next day, the Democrats office took down the online dashboard after discovering it had resulted in a data breach in which the personal information of the state's concealed carry weapon permit holders was also shared. Yes, they basically doxed every single yes, they did. gun owner in California. Yes, they did. And potential gun owner, because the other thing that they uh, released were the list of people who took gun safety classes. You don't have to own a gun to take a gun safety class. Mm-hmm. And these people are actively trying to be safer with firearms. They're like, oh, sorry, You're, all your information's out there now. 
Yeah. Um, There's no part of me that yeah. believes this was an accident. Oh, no, either. not at all. This was like, oh, whoops. Yes. This was a malicious act. Yes. Yes. And it, yeah, it's 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 just annoying. That, it, like and and there's nothing that anybody. I mean, I'm there. I'm I'm sure there's going to be a class action lawsuit, and you know, California will pay up another couple of billions and whatever. They don't care because money is not real to them. <laughs> money is not real. Yeah. All right. So speaking of money, um, Southwest Airlines uh, employs a team of four fuel traders to hedge energy prices. And just this year alone, they've saved the company $1.2 billion. Wow. Four people have saved the company $1.2 billion. That's, First, that's amazing. That's a significant amount of money. Uh, <laughs> that's billion with a B. Yeah, billion with a B. And I, so I've been reading into the article that it's a very, very stressful, very hard job to do this and do it well and do oh, it sure. as well as they are. Um, just because you're, you're, you're basically gambling on what you think future oil prices are going to be. And they've done a very good job this year. I want to know what those people are getting compensated. I was going to ask if they're getting a percentage of the, what they're saving. You would think if you saved, if if, we'll just break it out and make the math easy, but you've got four people who collectively, like I, I saved this company $300 million this year. And, and the year's not over yet. Right. You were <laughs> not in even close. We're in June. Um, I've saved you $300 million myself. If I'm just going to break it apart, you know, mm-hmm. four people. I should be. What do you think? What's a good percent of that that you get? Well, I mean, definitely like eight digits. Oh, okay. I mean, you know. Wouldn't and- it be funny if we find out these people are being paid like $35,000? Yeah, I know. They probably live in like Taiwan. I I know it's crazy. I, yeah, I would think like, you know, half a point on that or something. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that, yeah, give, give me a a base salary, decent base salary and incentivize me by giving me a percentage of the savings. Yeah. Well, good for, good for Southwest. I wonder if other airlines will follow suit. Um, I think I want to say that Southwest is the only one that does this because it's so hard and it's so risky um, that uh, Alaska Airlines and Southwest are the only two that still do this. Wow. Um, That's a, that's a smart play on their part. Yeah. And I want to say like, I know Alaska Airlines is a great airline. Mm-hmm. I, I hear that I've never flown Southwest. I've never flown Southwest either, but people love it. Yeah. People so love it. There's I, people who are very loyal to there's it. There's companies are doing something right. Uh, American Airlines. Yeah, eat a dick. American I know. Airlines. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we are just about out of time. And what was your favorite thing about the show today, Corey? Uh, that I'm going to win my baseball pick today. <laughs> um, my favorite thing about the show today was your shoe story. Oh, it's the most memorable piece of the day. So yes. I'm going to carry that with me all day long. Excellent. All right. Thanks for um, listening. And you can learn more about me and Corey at sbpace.com. Check us out and tune in again next week. Listen live at 9 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Business Channel. <laughs> 